0: Hoop Dreams, the podcast, an Unlearning Network production.
1: The man joining us today whoo, is a cultural icon, Yeah, two-time NBA champion, <laughs> NBA All-Star, a McDonald's All-American, a member of of the Michigan infamous 5'5", and the 2021 NCAA Coach of the Year. Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, Chicago's very own, yes, we claiming him, Chicago's <laughs> very own, the legend, Juwan Howard. New yeah. just want to welcome you to the Hoop Dreams podcast. I'm Will Gates, and that's my dog, Arthur A.G. J,
2: man, oh. thanks
0: for joining us up, man. Appreciate you man, I appreciate you guys. And first of all, I want to say this, you know, you guys don't need no introduction, man. You know, you are two of the Chicago's legends, man. So, you know, I'm just really happy to be a part of this and more importantly, just see you guys, man. That's, that's the beauty of it, man, because it just brings back so many great memories of our times as a, as teenagers, either playing against one another or playing with each other. Um, You know, we, we all have different walks of life uh, where we came from. And, but we, in some type of way we're connected and we're yep. connected by being Chicago's own, man. Yep. So it's Absolutely. beautiful to
2: see Absolutely. Chicago's own. <laughs> That's
1: <laughs> yes. real love there, man. That's real love. Beautiful. Well, Nuke, let me ask you this, man. We all the same age, came up playing together, that class of 91. But yep. tell me and AG, man, when was the first time you watched Hoop Dreams and what were your thoughts? Well, my first time watching it was, uh, let's see, I was I was in
0: the league my what, first couple of years. And uh, when I had a chance to see it, man, I was just first, like, I was in awe and I was also happy. And I, I remember, like, the excitement that, you know, I, how excited I was, uh, how, you know, the excitement of, you know, a lot of not just the basketball world, but people in general was so... You know, pumped up about the story and and about you know you know the perseverance of how you guys had you know in the you guys dealt with, and uh, you know I was like wow I'm connected to those guys man I know them <laughs> and, you know, I remember the time when uh, we were at Nike All American Camp and you know the camera crew was following you guys around and you know correct me if I'm wrong you know I think it was originally supposed to be like a, 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 a what something seen on either Channel Nine or or Channel 32 or something like that. Yep, yep, then it right. Became this, this big, big documentary, and then it blew up into you know the, the big stage in, in the movie theaters. And I'm like, yo, those are my dogs. I, those, I know them. <laughs> <laughs> I was so happy for you and I'm still happy because everyone still watched that, man. You know, it's yeah, crazy, yeah. it was just on last night. I was getting hit up all today. It, it's inspirational, man. It, it really is. Um, you know, your, your story, man, was real and raw. And uh, people look at it and say, hey, man, you know, I-, I wanna be like them and you know, I wanna strive to, you know, you know, learn a lot from you know, a lot of their life lessons, man. And that's that's the beauty of what you guys have done, impacting so many, including myself. It kind of showed an inside light on our recruiting
2: process, our living situations. And a a lot of a lot of you, you guys, you, Howard, Nathan, you know, Jalen, all of us was living and coming from the same areas. But the cameras had never been inside that world to get that. And and I think that 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 was just eye opening to people like, damn.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you're right. And uh, that's why I commend you guys so much for like allowing, you know, the cameras, allowing everyone, the viewers to get a chance to. They the get into, inside your personal life and, and see, you yeah. know, some things that, you know, what you guys dealt with, whether you, like, you touched on your living arrangements, whether it's uh, relationships with your parents, a relationship with your girlfriend, basketball, uh, the relationship with your coaches, injuries uh, that you had to deal with. Um, your story is is impactful, and I'm just, you know, happy that, you know, I, I know you guys, and I'm just... I'm just so happy that you know you guys have touched so many man and God ble- has blessed us all man and I'm just so proud of the two of you. Hey man I just got to correct you on that you, you can't uh,
2: commend mama AG and mama Gates because it wouldn't happen without <laughs> their permission. You know how to, you know how we feel <laughs> in the community back then with cameras coming into your home your personal space yeah. like mama and them like hold on what the hell going on here like why is mm. these wires hanging in my in my house for months well we're mm-hmm. going to come back tomorrow and film William Gates uh, we go. Yeah, <laughs> That's how it was.
0: And, and then like, you know, going back to the neighborhood, man, hey, we got to commend the neighborhood for allowing them cameras in. Because, you know, the neighborhood that you guys grew up in, you know, I know, like, first of all, I'm not going to step too far in the West Side. You know, I'm not too familiar with the West Side like you guys are. And then we know, like, the streets, you know, helped raise us too. So yep. they gave them an end that, you know, allow that those cameramen to come in and, um, you know, let's, let's come in the streets too, bro.
1: <laughs> Most definitely. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. We always want to know the origin story. Yeah. Give us the Jawan how what origin story, man. You grew up on Chicago South side. Right. Give us the story, man. Give us the nuke story.
0: Yeah. 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 Um, good question, man. Yeah, you're right. Growing up on the South side and, um, you know, we all kind of trust trust that, you know, what is said here is coming from a pure place. And so, you know, the South Side is just like how the West Side, you know, it's not the most inviting place, but that's what we know and that's what we're proud of. And uh, I've had an opportunity to grow up in two neighborhoods and one being on 69th and Harper. And you know a lot of those, uh, those guys in that neighborhood, you know, taught me the game of basketball, Uh, Pushed me uh, in a lot of ways um, and and inspired me as well. Like, you know, I remember some of the the street legends in there playing, you know, right on the playground. And, you know, when you want to get out there on the playground and play with some of the old heads, man, you got to come with it. And if you ain't bringing it, then you won't get chosen out there on the the basketball court. So they inspired me to work on my game because I wanted to get out there and play. And the games were so competitive. So I recall times, man, when you know, when guys, you know, pick day five and, you know, if I wasn't picked, then I used to be like, man, I gotta go work on my game. It wasn't like <laughs> I was, you know, like sour. I'm like, you know what, I'm giving up. Uh-huh. They just pushed me, be, you know, who I am today. And so I credit a lot of that, uh, my upbringing from, you know, what I, I learned from, you know, growing up in on the city of Chicago. And then when I moved to 95th in Princeton, that was mm. another level. You know, I thought I was moving into a neighborhood that was, you know, townhomes and mm-hmm. you know, getting to some bigger and better place. And then when I went outside to play softball with the kids, and you know, kids are gonna be honest, man. They gonna yep. you know, they're not gonna, you know, I <laughs> should <for laughs> anything. And so I remember like, man, I'm excited about the neighborhood. This is a cool place, you know, these are townhomes. And I never forget, they started laughing. I'm like, wow, what are they laughing about? And so then right away, you know, one of the young ladies said, this is the projects, this CHA. I was like, what? <laughs> I was just like stunned, bro. Like <laughs> so my heart just, it's just because you have always heard so many negative things about CHA, the projects, and right, how rough. Right. It is. And uh, then I got a chance to live there, man, and um, get an opportunity to you know meet a lot of, you know, like when you kids, you know, kids gonna be kids, you'll make friends. Mm-hmm. And so getting in the neighborhood and hanging out and meeting a lot of friends, man, it really just humbled me in a lot of ways to Mm. not look down on CHA or or not, you know, think that you're bigger and better than anyone. It humbled me in a lot of ways to be like, you know what, you just got to keep grinding. You got to keep working. And that neighborhood really put a lot of, you know, mental toughness and inspired me to, to be who I am. But again, so I've been fortunate enough to have the neighborhood help raise me Right. My grandmother, man, she was a big, big inspiration. Uh, you know, especially when you have parents, you know, not not doing well when, you know, when that drug gang was really heavy. Yeah. So, you know, my arms was, you know, was rolling in it, and then my dad was out of my life. And and um, you know, I could have easily just quit. And I had every excuse to quit. I had every excuse to point the finger and uh and to make excuses for you know, like, man, you know, my life, my my home situation not right. Well, you know what? No, I wasn't built like that. And so you know, I'm fortunate enough to have a high school coach like Richard Cook mm. and Doc Kersey. you know, those two black men, you know, along with other folks, man, it really like helped me, man, become the man I am today because I was a young man that was trying to find his, his way. And, uh,
3: who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg and cheese McGriddles
2: and a breakfast cut off? ba da ba ba
0: Coach Cook and Coach Kersey, man. And, and then also Tyrone Slaughter, man. And then Thomas Ty- Mylan, man. That was like, those were, you know, inspirational black men in the neighborhood that really like helped me uh, in a lot of ways to grow up. And, and I made mistakes when I was younger. Um, but they was always there to tell me the truth, and uh, I, I owe my my life to those those in, those men that I just mentioned, all four of them.
2: Hey, coach, if I'm not mistaken, uh, coach uh, Coach Kirksey just passed, right, recently.
0: Yes, yes, he did. He, he passed.
2: Uh, yeah, rest in peace to Coach Kirksey, man. Yeah. Yep. And, and coach, how, how, who put that ball in your hand, man? Like you know, you say your pops wasn't around. You know, my 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 pops was in and out of my life, but. You know, he really didn't put the ball in my hand. I just picked it up from just being around friends and seeing what they was doing and and saw the love that they was getting if they was good. So that's mm-hmm. when I just started working on my game. Like, how, how did it go for you? And tell us the playgrounds
0: that you hooked up on. Yeah, you know, it's, it's a similar story. Like, the playgrounds that I was hooked up on was uh, you know, Chestnut. Chestnut was right down Seneff and Dante, or Dante, excuse me, and it's uh, mm-hmm. right across the street from my... Uh, you know, people call it elementary school, but I call it grammar school. And so right, right. And it was right across the street from there. And you know, I remember uh, a lot of the guys saw how tall I was and they was like surprised, like, yo man, how old are you? And I was like, Well, I'm I'm only five years old. And <laughs> think, they're like, What? Like you're like a teenager. Then when I turned six, you know, they always used to call me big five or big six, or however I got, you know, to seven, they called me big seven. Those dudes, man, in the neighborhood put the ball in my hand, was like, yo, man, sure, you should be playing some ball. So I started playing ball like when I was like five or six in the playground. And uh that's how I picked it up, man. And then, you know, I used to watch, you know, Dr. J, you know, Magic, mm-hmm. um, those were those um days with um the Lakers and Boston Celtics and yeah. you know, in the rivalry between the Sixers and the Celtics. And so I was like, yo, know, I was inspired by those those games. And then I was inspired by like Georgetown watching Patrick Newing and, and uh, watching, as I got older, watching Illinois. And I was like, yo man, I, I want to be a guard, you know? I, like,
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I think in high school, you did play guard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you did. People were surprised, man, that I had, you know, can bring the ball up the floor at my size, but I was always playing against older cats. so. If you couldn't handle that basketball, uh, then you wouldn't get chosen on the playground. So that encouraged me to work on my handle. So I always kept the ball in my hand when I was going to and from the store, like dribbling the ball whether it was between my legs, behind my back. You know, I go grab some stuff from the store for my grandmother. I had that basketball in my hand. You know, and I know y'all recall them days, man, of having that ball in your hand everywhere you go. You got that yeah, ball. In your hand. Where you go? Hey, 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 coach, and and it was the cheapest game ever. And that's why I didn't play football because we didn't have football in, in the hood because football is expensive. You had to, you know, pay for the equipment, uh, yeah. you know, pay pay for cleats and, and stuff like that. Man, hey, that was in suburbs, man. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was only basketball or baseball with no, me. Baseball. You know, the strike yeah, strike out, on the, you know, draw the box up on the building yeah. and then yeah. That yeah. Tech, yeah. And then go get some baseballs, you know, a dollar. A you get like three balls for a dollar or four for That's a dollar. That's right.
1: That's right. At the corner drugstore. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Nuke, I want to ask you, man. Speaking speaking of that playing in the neighborhood, everybody, and I shouldn't say everybody, but I'm going to go out on a limb. We all had somebody we had mm-hmm. to get over that was in the neighborhood that he was just a killer. Who was that guy for you that you had to get over?
0: Yeah. Great question, man. Um, I remember this this brother named uh, we call him Ivy, and uh, Ivy was older than me, uh, much older, a grown man. But he was that you know that he was that dude in the neighborhood man. Um, can shoot it like bird. Um, never played with shorts on. He he always played with like some jogging pants. Um, and I was wondering like man, how the hell he was so smooth on the floor and so fluid. With them pants on, but like, you know, he just he could think the game, you know, uh, he was tough. He wasn't the most physical individual, but he was physical within his toughness and up in his head and then also in his heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he wasn't like one of these you no know, big you no know, muscle dudes. He was just, you know, just a competitor, man. And um, I could never beat him. Um, but he really um uh, was he was very helpful and inspiring me about like teaching me a lot of tricks of the game and um you know, being like that big brother to uh, to me and then also a the lot of the kids that was in the neighborhood. So um, Ivy man was was that dude for me, man.
2: Everybody had a nickname growing up in the neighborhood, or you you know you did some, or you you know the way you look, you know you did some in your game, or some you how you got your nickname. What was that nickname for you in that hood?
0: Man, my nickname was always Nuki, man, or big or Big Nuke. And um that name followed me because my my aunt named me that uh, mm. he, I was a baby, she named me Nuki. And they used to call me Nuki. And and so from then on, like that name just stuck with me and it stuck with me in the neighborhood. And so no matter what, even though I hoop and I got better and better each year, um, I was always looked at as Nuki or Big Nuke uh, or Nook uh, Nuke because You know, my high school coach called me that Mm -hmm. when I went on to college. uh, Steve Fisher and his staff called me that, and all my teammates called me that. And still to this day, you know, everyone calls me that, you know. So (laughs) I was never, you know, considered Jawan or called by my first name, you know. Right. And that still to this day feel weird to me when people call me Jawan or even when I introduce myself. Hi, I'm (laughs) Jawan. Nuke. You know, that's right. That's then, right. And then, and then right. like when people like, uh, what's nuke? What's nuke? I, I just like I'm tired of explaining. I say, you know what? Go on. Well, you always been nuke to me.
1: I ain't known you for right. nothing, but nuke. That's it. That's
0: it. Well, man, I hey, I appreciate that, brother. And that's all you hey. When I go on the road, like in uh, when I was playing in the league, playing in the NBA, and um, you know, you always hear your name being called by fans, and you'll hear that Jawan. And sometimes I wouldn't look because, you know, it was rather a fan either saying hello or probably it was a fan that was heckling you. But someone yelled out "Newt" or big Newt," I turned right away and looked. And look. And I identify, like, yo, who is that calling my name? They got <laughs> right. my attention. They must be somebody from the crib. You know what That's what right. You? Yeah. That's or, right. We either say the shy or say the crib. Like, right? That's right
1: that's yeah. right that's right
0: yeah and still to this day like you know when i go back home man um people be like what up new what up new you know i'm like mm-hmm. yo man that's name that makes me feel comfortable and i feel like yo i'm i know i'm at home now you know i feel a certain level of peace
1: well man we want to jump into your your high school days because uh first of all you was a beast and and i gotta do this too man i, I told him that i would i want to shout out my nephews, Cartel Bibbs and Brandon Bibbs, because they ran into Newt and that's how we reconnected. So I want to give them a little shout out, love, because they yes. they reconnected us and Newt called right away. I was like, man, what a blessing. What a blessing. But that's what's your up. high school days, man, you were a beast. I mean, I remember it. But for all the people who don't know about the Chicago Publicly, tell people what the Chicago Publicly is all about.
0: Yes, yes, uh, man, Chicago Public League, in my opinion, one of the toughest leagues in the country. Um, and I know I didn't see a lot of high school basketball in other countries while while we were in high school, but, you know, the level of talent um, mm-hmm. that was displayed throughout the, not just the city, but the state. But then when you talk about the Public League itself, like, you had high schools like Keene, Simeon, and then you also had, like, Westinghouse, uh, Marshall, Crane, um, and then you, then you go over Collins. I mean, you go to Corliss, man. I mean, like Julian. I mean, the names. I mean, like Carver. I mean, you can keep rolling them out more and more about uh, South Shore. Yeah, uh, a lot of those high schools, man, had so much talent, and they also had great coaches. And yeah. so, um, getting a chance to compete in that league. You had to bring it. And if you didn't, uh, you'll get exposed in so many ways. Um, and that little competitiveness was so deep that with uh with how the media you know portrayed it, like one thing that was different back then that's different now is like they had social media like like now. But back in our day, you know, like the Chicago Defender, uh, mm-hmm. Chicago um, Chicago Sun Times, so. You was trying to make your mark because you know if you didn't bring it, uh, it was going to get written about you. Uh, Everybody loves McDonald's fries, so yes,
2: you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
0: That you, you know, like you're probably not as the that people say you are, or your high school is not as you know good as. And doesn't stack up with the best of them. And I never forget. I think it was like every Tuesday where they rank like uh, the high schools and where they are. Uh, one top twenty-five. And mm-hmm. I always my goal was to make sure that CVS was always in the top five, and and always trying to get to number one. But um, wow, what 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 a a way to really help me uh, develop into being that competitor, man. And so um, I credit. A lot of those guys that are in our era, in our class, that we had to face, um, they really uh, got the best of me and made me go out there and work. And, you know, then let me touch on, not just the, the public lead, but, you know, out there in the suburbs, like yeah. you know, St. Paul's, Provide East, you know, with Mike Finley and Sherelle Ford and Donnie Boyce. Yeah. And then, you know, talking about like uh, East Aurora and then, Peoria, Emanuel, um, yeah. And if you don't bring it versus Naperville, they will, they will, they will beat you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then you had Nutria. You know, they played well. Yeah. I mean, it was so much talent that was in the state of Chicago. I mean, state of Illinois, excuse me. That uh, really, really uh, was was special. And so I look back on it, man. I was just so happy that I had an opportunity to compete on that level.
2: Now, when you coming out of eighth grade, was there a bidding war for you to come to one of those Southside high schools? Like, how did you get to CVS?
0: Yeah, good question. Um, you know, my, my elementary school did not have, like, um, a basketball team. So we wasn't playing in any league or anything like that. Mm. So I used to play in, like, a park district tournament. And so the park district tournament I played there was, uh, was it, uh, what was it, Grand Crossing? No, Thule. It was Tule Park. Okay. I was playing at Thule Park. And while I was playing this tournament in eighth grade, uh, some of the older cats had saw me. And uh Darren Hill, who played at uh CBS, I was playing against him and then Juice, little Juice, Lamar Carter, my homeboy, mm-hmm. he was playing for CBS. And so they were like, yo, man, you need to come play for CBS. And at that time, I was thinking about going um to uh Hirsch because one of my homeboys, uh Jay Blackwell, he went to Hirsch. So I was going to go follow him. And then CBS, uh, they told their high school coach, Coach Cook, about me. And then uh, Coach Cook must, may have asked him for my number. So I gave them my number. And then uh, a few days later, he called my house, talked to me, talked to my grandmother. And that's how I got recruited to go play at uh, CBS. So I guess you say I was a hidden gem. <laughs> <laughs> Big
2: Nuka hidden gem, right.
1: <laughs> right, right.
2: Them them CVS boys know what they was doing. They was like, yo, we can't, hey, he be balling with us. We can't let him uh, go to King, Simeon, none of them
0: schools. Yeah. Let's cop him now. Right, right. And, and to be real about it, I was excited about the Catholic League, man. I was, I remember going to uh, a Leo game, man. I went to go watch uh, Leo play against um, St. Rita. Mm. And I was watching their game. They had, this uh, guy by the name of Randy Dawes and Chris, Chris Henderson and, uh, Donnell Whiteside and Sean Fry. Oof. and those was tough, man. So I was like, man, I want to go to Leo. And, um, we couldn't financially afford, um, for me to go to a Catholic school because, you know, you had to pay to go to Catholic school unless, Right. And I didn't know that they, they, they found ways to uh, get you in by, uh you know, getting your scholarship or something like that, like a financial aid.
2: You know, you had to be good, like William Gates, for them to pay for your whole high school education.
1: Oh you know, I wasn't. good. I yeah, wasn't that does. good.
2: I wasn't that good enough, Jawan. <laughs> uh, obviously, you wasn't neither. The prodigy kid over here getting shouted out on the news. I mean, my God, everybody just not a William Gates. Man, like I told Will's
0: nephews, man, I told them man, I said, "Yo, Will, Will's game remind me of like." uh, Donovan Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell, man. Yes. Like the way how Donovan Mitchell is athletic, Will was athletic. Donovan Mitchell can create his own shot off the dribble. Yep. Will can get downhill and go finish over top of you. So can Donovan Mitchell. Yep. They also, they also have the, a similar build, like the wide shoulders, you No, know, like, you know, tough chest and, and I'm like, yo, and it's so much resemblance in their game. And I was writing that to his nephews because they were like, they never seen, you know, the uncle play before. They probably heard something. They watched Hoop Dream. I'm like, no, your uncle, man, he was that dude, man.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, he was. <won. laughs> he was that dude. I appreciate that, new. I no, appreciate real, that, bro. man. You that I, I want to throw some names at you, man. I want to throw some names at you. This This was... This is our class. Obviously, you, Juwan Howard, Newt, Sherelle Ford, Tom Kleinschmidt, Howard Nathan, Billy. People forget about Billy out there. Yep. Chris Collins. He was, he was one of them suburban boys you was talking about. <laughs> when you think about that 1991 class, and I'm just talking about the Chicago. I'm not even talking about at the Nike camp, because we know how phenomenal that camp was. But when you think about all those guys that came out in 91, even, even Dunny Boyce, Mike Family, you, you mentioned them. Uh, to me, that was like one of the greatest classes to ever come out of the state of Illinois, Arthur Agee. I mean, that's just a phenomenal class. What do you think about when you talk about that class?
0: And you know, I have to add you know, two more names if you don't mind. Uh, Shelly Clark, absolutely. South Shore, and then you also have to add like uh, Beliefia Parks from Simeon. Yes. Was Townsend or no? Townsend or was a year ahead of us. A year ahead of us, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, man, that was, uh, you know, that was a phenomenal class, man. And you know, I, I look back on it. You know, in my opinion, I'm biased, man. I think it was one of the best classes that would come out of the state of Illinois. Because uh, I remember times when we used to have to play against each other, more shootout. Um, mm-hmm. More shootout. It was that tournament, man. And you're, you're going to get a chance to see you know, pretty much everyone that you mentioned that's going to be there because their high school is going to be participating in that tournament. Mm. So you had to bring it. You had to bring it. And uh, it was just beautiful to have an opportunity to you know, go to Nike All American Camp and hang out with you guys there. Um, and one thing about Chicago, we always stayed together. We you know, did. go hang out in somebody's room, um, whether we, we there just chopping it up, you know, cracking jokes, or whether we there hanging out eating pizza. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Chicago right. always stayed together, even like in a lunchroom. You know, we always sat, sat near each other. And uh, we was a, Even though we competed against each other a lot in high school, but it shows you the level of respect that we have for one another and the love that we all have for each other. Like, it was never personal. Why was it that
2: Rashard Griffith was able to go? Because I thought it was only for seniors.
0: Yeah. Um, if you recall, like, the year before, I went to the camp when I was a sophomore uh, leading into my junior year. And that's okay. when Jamie Brandon was. Uh, um, that was his year when he was about to be an incoming senior. Okay. So they did allow only a few underclassmen to attend. And, uh, you know, Rashard was... A beast back then, so yeah. they felt you no know, he would be able to you know get a chance to stack up against some of these upperclassmen, and he yeah. did. He had a camp too, and 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 I think uh, y'all was different
2: differentiated from the different color polos you guys had on. Yeah, yeah. Was yeah. was it okay? Was it the seniors had on the white? Because I remember you, Tom Kleinschmidt, and them walking into the facility with the white joints on.
0: Yeah, um, Tom. And speaking of Tom, man, like. Let's give a shout out to Tom, bro. Like absolutely, TK. Tom was like that dude. Man, he always came to the hood. Man, he didn't care. You know, I, he you can invite Tom to the barbecue, bro. Like that's how <laughs> yes. no Tom was man. <laughs> like he, yes. he definitely yes. invited to the cookout. Like and he yes. was playing right in. Uh, and I love playing with him. And people, are, I never forget, used to always try to like compare the two of us. And like totally the two different players. Yeah. But at the end of the day, we didn't allow like, no one to get in between our relationship uh, or media. But the, the beauty of it is I'm just so happy to see the impact he's having on these young men today. And yeah. like, yep. like, I think if I'm not mistaken, he got coach of the year, man, so. Yeah, he did. Uh, yeah, he did. Yeah, congrats to uh, Tom Smith, man. Much respect to my brother.
2: That was Will Nemesis, man, for three years in a row. <laughs>
1: <laughs> just couldn't hey, get past you know? that dude, man. Hey, listen, listen. Nuke was right, man. We, we didn't necessarily have that that city-Chicago rivalry because y'all was in it all the time. But man, when the, when the playoffs hit, man, you got to go through Proviso West. You got to go. Th- hey there, ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster?
3: Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah, or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking
2: about? I use
3: Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game-changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips.
2: So why wait? Head over to
1: Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. Through proviso east. You got to hit the Chicago Catholic League. And it wasn't just going tech. It's Leo. I mean, it's... I mean... (laughs) <laughs> you gotta hit all that to get downstate. So Nuke is right. Like, it's, totally it's different now. Like they have a a format
0: where like what they have different classes that that can make downstate like class three two a three a four a five a.
2: You can lose city and still and still still try to uh, go for the state tournament.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. i like, that's crazy. That format when we were in high school. I mean, I'm sure each and every one of us on this. Uh, this podcast would be saying like, "Oh yeah, I won state one year. I won state. Easy, easy. Yeah, easy. I mean, it was like an easy gateway to, to in order to win it. But like, there was only one way how we had to go. We had to fight, beat each other down. Yep, just it. to get out the city.
1: And, yes. and I even remember the 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 city champ if they whoever they went down state, they always played the Chicago suburban champ. So yep. you still had the battle. They never left that alone, man."
3: And yeah, I remember right.
1: I, I used to get mad, man, when I used to be like, man, we killing Joliet Catholic, but they down there playing for the state championship game. I'm <laughs> like, right. what route are they taking right, to right. get downstate? You, you won it our year, too, didn't you? Yeah, that's what I was just about
2: to ask you. Yeah, The final four is set, right? So is y'all playing Western House, Kiwan Garrison and Marshall right. playing King? So when they announced it in our school, we I think we had lunch period. And they was like, Marshall will play King High School. Everybody started coming up to man. Congratulations, man. Y'all had a good season, man. You're like, you know, wow. you know y'all going to get y'all bus kicked. <laughs> but y'all, y'all came this far, man. Y'all good, man. So I'm thinking to myself, damn, it's going to be an all-Southside final, King against CVS. Because I was just knowing y'all was going to beat us, Western House. I'm just knowing. I wanted to ask you. What was your mindset going into that game? Was it was it bravado? Was it like, man, we man, we finna kill these dudes. Like we ain't really up for them, but we could just walk into the gym and scare them.
0: What was your mindset? You, Lampley, Joe Weaver. Man, to be honest with you, we were totally prepared. And my mindset was thinking like, okay, well, you know what? We gotta wear these dudes down from start to finish. Uh, we didn't come in with a cockiness about us or like mm-hmm. felt that the game was already won before it was played. Um, the surprising part of it was that uh, we didn't realize that Westinghouse was so damn quick to the ball, man. They they so many turnovers, man. And uh, and then like I knew, like reading about you know uh, Kiwani Garris that he was a tough guard, but man, to get a chance to just a sophomore, right? Just to see him out there playing against you know seniors and um, looking like he belonged, yeah. Um, uh, and, like, and more importantly, like his, his team and how they rallied behind him. I was like, man, this is unreal. <laughs> I can't believe we lost <laughs> uh, the Westinghouse, and and the amount of turnovers that we had. Like, cause they put that press on us, man. We, yeah. we couldn't even get the ball up the floor.
2: Them dudes pressed the whole game. I hated playing against them, bro, because you know you're going to have at least two turnovers yourself if you don't get rid of the ball real quick because they coming.
0: Right. They were scrappy, boy. Uh, and tough man, it's typical West Side. Like, yeah, you know, much, much respect to the West Side man. They always, you guys always have like that guard play that's uh, that's elite level. That's built on toughness, uh, built on skill and um, and speed. Boy, yeah. boy, that was quick.
1: I know we just couldn't get none of them West Side Giants. Though I mean them South Side Giants, we just <laughs> couldn't get them. We <laughs> couldn't get none of them, man. I thought the South Side produced nothing. If you wasn't six foot five and above, you didn't live on the South Side.
2: (laughs) Hey, Coach, I remember the first five minutes of the King game. We tip it off. I think we scored the first bucket, but Uh we all kind of sensed they was kind of like they was they wasn't timid, but they was just like slow to react to everything. So Uh me and my point guard DZ was like, "This the time to go right now." Just to hit them in their mouth now immediately. So we picked right. up four court and everything, like, like just humping. We always played a man-to-man. Man. And what killed them was they didn't want to come out that two, three zone. They thought mm-hmm. we was gonna go in and do offensive fouls, jump in the air and all that. Coach had us crazy, wild. He said, y'all ain't got nothing to lose. Go out there and play. Mm-hmm. I remember him in the huddle. And that's that just geeked, that just geeked you up even more when the coach tell you, like, you doing everything you supposed to do, you got them rattled. Keep going, keep going. And it, right. it was just crazy. Right. Crazy to be having a film, film like that. My dog sitting in the stands saying, hey, dog, I'm going to be at the game. I'm going to be there rooting on you. Came to right. the game, man. I saw Will. That was It was over after that.
0: Mm-hmm. That shows you the relationship and the respect that y'all have for each other, man. The will to show up and support, man. That's love, man. Yes. That's love.
1: Let me ask you this, Newt. When, when was that moment you realized, man. I'm the dude. When when was that moment? Was it a game? Did somebody tell you? Did you dunk on somebody? When was the moment that you said, you know what? (laughs) I'm good at this?
0: Yeah, good question, man. Uh, I think my sophomore year at CBS, and uh, this was the may have been the third time I played against Simeon in the playoffs at Corliss. This was the game to go to the semifinals, and we lost to them in a quarterfinal. And uh, Deion Thomas and I. The first time I played against Deion at CVS, he dominated me. Um, he had like 26 points, and he didn't finish the fourth quarter. But 20 of the 26 was on me, and he, and he dunked on me. So that inspired me to get better. That inspired me to work. So, but then when I came back, the second time we played him at Simeon, I, I played solid. But then that third time at Corliss. Um, I think I got the best of him, but he won. And then I was like, you know what? You know, I measured, that was my measuring stick. I said, I think I got a good chance at this, man. Uh, you know, I was getting letters like you guys were colleges, but I was like, wow, I think I can go to college and have a true impact. If I play oh. against Deion Thomas, that and he's the number one player uh, in our state and also ranked in the country. And, you know, Deion had all the footwork, he, he was a skilled big man with. Can could play between his back to the basket. He was also athletic, a yep. uh, rim protector. And I'm like, damn, I'm, I'm dominating Deion like this? Okay. yeah, well, Maybe I got a chance. <laughs> <laughs> he play major too. Right. And so when I got to college, at, you know, in Michigan, um, my, after my sophomore year, um, I felt like, you know what? I got a chance to play in the league, man, because... Um, For my freshman year, you know, I averaged like 11 points and playing with Chris and Jalen and uh, Jimmy and Ray, but still to be, you know, considered an option and and be effective with my limited minutes and limited touches. And then my sophomore year, I got a bigger role, but I saw the improvement in my game where I averaged 15 points. And I was like, yo, uh, all right, Webb is leaving. He's about to be the number one pick. Mm -hmm. And I know, like, you know, sometimes I be busting this dude, but in practice. So I'm yeah. like, yo, <laughs> Ooh. I know I
2: got a chance. Then <laughs> Let me just be. <laughs> I saw how, how, how intelligent your, your IQ was. Like you said, you were not getting that many touches and all that, but you still made an impact whenever you was on the floor. And then just to see your growth from your freshman year to your sophomore year, it was like. The, the confidence was just, you could just see it oozing off right. you, bro. Like, you you had you had arrived. Like, if I want to leave right now, I could. But nah, I'm
0: going to come on back. <laughs> yep, yep. And um, that confidence is everything. And we all can, of course, attest to that. When you have a belief in yourself, uh, there, you feel like you can't be stopped. Uh, yeah. You know, it's not, I don't say that in an arrogant way. It's just a more of a way where you just uh, you know just you feel that you know you trust in yourself. And yep. so um I've always been a type of person that I've been bought on team and winning and playing the right way. Yeah. Um but then I know like my junior year with Weber gone that I would need to step up and uh care more of the not just scoring low, but more of the leadership role. Mm-hmm. And uh that's that junior year, you know, I, I exploded like no other than in the tournament. I put uh I put the team on my back. You know, I think I averaged like people don't even know this, but I, I almost averaged almost 30, 30 points in the tournament. Like no, 28,
1: we 29. we we know it. We saw it. <laughs> <laughs> talk you talking strong. about your junior year, right? Yes. yes. Yeah. No, I, no, I no, we saw. it. Eight, I led them there, and
0: we we were just one possession away from uh, beating Arkansas, and yeah. Arkansas ended up winning the national championship. Yeah. But uh, that right there was like you know what? It's time for me to move on and. Uh, and let's test these nba waters so i said i will only go if i was projected to be a, a lock lottery in the top 10 mm-hmm. and uh when when the uh, draft projections was coming out and i did my own due diligence um and they kept saying like at worst it would be a six pick at worst mm. and i I a talk with my family and talk with... Uh, if you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry
2: between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive.
0: Bottom up, ba At participating McDonald's. My coach, and I was like, man, I think I'm leaving. It's time. <laughs> yeah, it's time. Well, the time, time, time has come.
1: Well, let's, let's let's talk about Michigan. You you end up going to Michigan. Were, were there other schools you were interested in? Michigan? Yes, what Bill. Did you have five? Man, it was Illinois. Man, it was mm.
0: Illinois. I was all locked in to go there, and Illinois got into that little situation with Iowa with Dion Thomas and the the tape recorded conversation mm-hmm. uh, allegedly that Dion was getting paid by Iowa and. I mean, I'm sorry, getting paid by Illinois, Yeah. Uh, I was like, you know what, man, I don't know if I want to deal with waiting on what the NCAA come back with. And mm-hmm. if Illinois has any type of, you know, infractions or, you know, then it's going to hurt my, you know, college future. And yeah. you know, I was like, well, I think it's probably best for me to look elsewhere. But mm. if I would gone to Illinois, because I really love, you know, watching, like, Lowell Hamilton, Kendall Gill, yep. Nick Anderson. And I, I became good friends with Nick Anderson. So, and then Dion Thomas had went there and then Marcus Libby was my hero. And uh, I was like, y'all, Jimmy, Jimmy Collins, hey man, he became like that uncle, man, to me. Like, Uncle
1: Jimmy,
0: rest in peace, baby. Yeah, man. And then I was like, you know what, I'm going to Illinois. so. It would have never been a Fab five, man, if I went to Illinois.
1: I didn't even know you was considering Illinois. I, I thought you was always sold on that, that gold and blue. Wow, man. Yeah. Revelation right there. Revelation right there. So so you, you commit to Michigan, and now you did you did you know any of the other guys? I mean, I know you knew Webb, I know you knew Jalen, but did you know Ray? Did you know Jimmy? No, I did not. The only time I met Jimmy
0: was when we both was on our visit. Uh, Our official visit the same time in September, that's the first time I met Jimmy. And I never met Ray before. And and when I committed, then Jimmy committed, and then Ray committed right after, I was like, wow, I I need to get, I told Coach, I need to get Ray Jackson's number, so I'm gonna give him a call. And uh, we started to develop a relationship over the phone. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. He was already grooming himself, Will,
2: for the position right. he in to today. be a coach. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> be a coach.
1: He was doing it back then. He was doing seconds. it back then.
0: Yeah, because I recruited Chris, though. Like, I, re- I recruited Chris. Like, I was an assistant coach in college, man. I was calling you, <laughs> dude, you know, telling him I wanted to play with him. Donnie Kirksey would call him and get on the phone with him. And, you know, and I would get on the phone with him, and, you know, and, pushing them and trying to convince him to come to Michigan instead of, I didn't want him to commit to Michigan State or Duke and yeah. uh, we'll play with them and I, how we can dominate in the Big Ten and we can win championships, not champion, not just one, but championships. And then uh, I got it done, man. Yeah, <laughs> I got yeah, it done, baby. baby.
1: <laughs> got yeah. it. On yeah. Many levels. <laughs> oh, many levels, yes, <laughs> yes. Man. So now you got, you rolling. Y- y'all, y'all, y'all are the five fives, but I'm sure the beginning of it mm-hmm. wasn't quite looking like five five. Like uh, you were starting, yep. um, Jalen starting, yep. Chris is starting, but Jimmy and Ray, you know, they were slow to come along at that point. Who was in that starting lineup with you guys? Who were the other two guys?
0: Michael Talley, yes. And then the uh, James Voskell. Oh, James, James Voskell. Voskell. James Voskell. It was It was amazing to see you know, the level of talent that we had in practice every day, man. Like our practice was intense. It was so competitive because dudes were like trying to go at each other's neck to get, you know, the start to get minutes. And um, I think that really what helped me become better because every day, like my job was gonna be judged on how I competed in practice. If I didn't bring it, then Eric Riley was gonna be that dude that was gonna start. Mm-hmm. And why Eric Riley started the year before I arrived at Michigan, he, yep. he was like the leader in Big Ten and rebounds. And mm-hmm. I think he led the Big Ten in uh, uh, shot block, uh, block shots, excuse me. So yeah, I, my, my position wasn't always set either. I had to go work for it. <laughs> I mean, he played with, he played Eric Riley,
2: played with Jamil, uh, I mean, uh, Ramil Robertson and uh, Glenn, right? Yeah,
0: yeah, he, he, he won Dang. that championship. He was a, a freshman that year. Wow. I know, my G. The game they talk about in the 5-5 when all y'all
2: got on, on campus, when school was, you know, let in, and y'all used to do that, in, you know, go out there and do that intramural stuff. I think that, that game set the tone for how y'all practice is going to go. Like, shit, I'm starting. Like, okay, well, we'll see.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, that's true. Like, that mentality that we had, man, it was just unreal. Like, we were sitting in that dorm. And we'll play video games, and we'll have those conversations about, like, yo, man, um, I'm going to start. I'm bringing it, you know, and I, I'm coming at, you know, uh, my, my dude. I'm I'm going to get his job. And um, <laughs> when we had that first practice when we always was trying to play with each other to play against the upperclassmen, but uh, Coach knew what he was doing. He, he never wanted to separate the group, which was smart, you know, because that would have created so much to, you know, Friction on the team, and uh, we wouldn't have been a you know a team because there would have been so much of divide. But our mindset was like this: like, hey, um, every day, let's bring it. Yeah. And and then who was it? Uh, Jimmy ended up starting. He ended up beating Mike Talia for his position. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Ray was the second person. Uh, at midpoint of the season, he ended up starting. Our first game versus Notre Dame at Notre Dame. At Notre Dame. Lafonso Ellis. <clears throat> Lafonso Ellis was on that team. Uh, they also had Keith Towers, who was the center. And, man, they had uh, the guard play. I forget the name of the guards, but they were good, too. That was a nationally televised game, too, Newt. Yeah. On, uh, yeah, it was on
2: TV. I, we watched it. I, I, I remember
1: that. For all of the biggest games to the smallest events, make every bet worth your while with my bookie. Start by doubling your first deposit instantly with MyBookie's first deposit bonus. Double your money before you even place a bet, and all you have to do is sign up and deposit using our exclusive promo code, HoopDreams, at MyBookie. There are tons of great gains and prop bets to take advantage of this week, but let me point you in the right direction for your first wager. This Saturday, the NBA is jam-packed with big games that look good for betting overs. The Charlotte Hornets taking on the Hawks, plus a superstar showdown between Joel Embiid and Damon Little when the Philadelphia travels to Portland. And then Sunday, check out, that's right, my Chicago Bulls, Zach Levine, DeRozan as they take on the Knicks, and that former still got love for him, DeRozan, what should be a good game. Don't wait any longer to head to MyBookie today to redeem your double deposit bonus so you can get in the game and start winning big today. That's promo code HOOPDREAMS, all caps, to receive double your first deposit instantly in your account. No hassle, no wait. And remember, you can bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. Just go to MyBookie.ag. And while you're out there, be sure to follow the Hoop Dreams podcast on Instagram and Twitter at OG Hoop Dreams and listen and subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and Google or wherever you get your podcast at. We're going to do this thing, man. We call it halftime. We got we to get this halftime in with you. It's where AG and I, man, we're going to ask you some quick hitters. So I'm going to let my guy AG hit you with the first question. Give me your top three
2: favorite rappers. Top three favorite rappers. Mr. Cabbage Pats. Come on, give it to me. Some. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> give it to me,
0: Cabbage right. Pats. Yeah. I know what. It's easy for me, man. Uh, Tupac. Oh, yeah. Biggie. Oh, yeah. And Jay Z. And Jay Z. Get a
1: wheel. Yep. I feel that. Top three favorite sneakers to either wear around or to play in. Wow. Let's see.
0: Well, Jordan's. Um, The 13s. You guys are guards, man. I couldn't play in no threes or no fours, man. Right, right. (laughs) They dope looking, bro, but I can't play. (laughs) And I'm still like, I got to have something to cover my ankles. Uh, The the second choice I would have to go with would be, (laughs) I was a shorty, I couldn't believe I was playing these Air Force Ones, man. What, the high top ones? Yep, the high top ones. With the strap, with the old school Velcro strap. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes, yes, I still rock some of those now. And the third I would have to go with would be—it's <laughs> gonna really make y'all laugh—the old school like Nikes that uh, we used to call them Dr. J's. Man, it was just like it was just a swoop. <laughs> and, uh, and right now, I think they're pretty much called like the Blazers. Or the Blazers—that's
1: like that. exactly, yep. Blazers. exactly what they call.
0: That's yeah, exactly what they call. Yeah, that's what's
2: up. Hey, Coach the toughest stadium to play in on the road in college
0: and in the NBA? Toughest one on the road in college would we'll have to go with Michigan State, the Breslin Center. Oh. Yeah. And then as far as in the NBA, I would have to give that to, oh, man. Um, I, I would have to give it to uh, Boston Celtics, the garden. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Boston, man. Because first of all, that, that place is so damn cold. Inside that <laughs> arena, Let's start with that. Secondly, you know their fans, man, is uh is pretty intense. Uh, during the playoffs, is really crazy, man. You know you, they might say anything out their mouth. Really, and then you know after talking to some of friends and uh, and family members, when they leave in the stadium and walking back to their hotel or trying to get a cab or mm-hmm. ooh, and th- their fans are like the rudest, man.
1: The five toughest guys. You had to guard in your career, whether it was high school, college, or the pros.
0: Charles Barkley. Damn. Grant Hill. Ugh. Tim Duncan. Ugh. Jamal Mashburn. Mm-hmm. And then I will also I had to give it to let's see in high school Jamie Brandon, but I like I had some some moments where you know I switched on to him.
1: No, no, no. Take Jamie Brandon out of it. No, no, no. Give it to Deion Thomas. Deion Thomas. Deion Thomas. And I just, and this, this is a bonus question here, man. Who is the guy that you used to give it to? <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, I'm a, in high school.
1: All of them.
2: All
0: of them. All, right. all levels. I started in high school. Till this day, he probably still do not like me. And I don't like him either. Vic Shelley Clark. Vic Shelley Clark. I used to give it to his ass. South shore. sure. <laughs> yep. And then um, in the NBA, we used to have some wars was, uh, oh man, he used to talk trash too, man. I couldn't believe it, man. I thought that was disrespectful. Uh, Tom Gugliotta, man. Tom, really? big Tom. Tom, really? Tom Gugliotta. man, he talked trash to me a few times, man. It slick out his mouth when he played for Minnesota Timberwolves, man. Really? Yeah! Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Oh yeah! No doubt. North Carolina
1: good. State product. Interesting. Yeah. Who's that in college for you?
0: In college, um, I would have to go with. Uh, <laughs> 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 oh man, Kenny Williams when he played for Purdue, man. Ah, you yes. know, that was back. Yeah. In, that was back in that South Shore CBS rivalry when he was at Purdue. You know he was still like you know. To, Trying to play that Mr. Tough Guy role, try to body me up, be extra physical. So I used to make sure that I used to try to give it to him every time I played against him. My goodness,
1: my goodness. That's what's that's, up. Jawan
2: Howard on our halftime top five. That's what's up. Absolutely. I want to jump right into this question wheel on him about the baggy shorts. How
0: did that come about? Taylor mm-hmm. Rose, man. Jay Rose, bro. He was the one really uh, politic to get that and make that happen for the team because. You know, he always wanted bigger shorts. Uh, sometimes he'll grab uh, one of our teammates' Chip Armour shorts because his shorts was bigger mm-hmm. and wear in practice. And so, uh, I never forget Jalen asking uh, Coach Fisher, like, "Coach, man, we need to have some bigger shorts. You know, uh-huh. We can't have the Stockton shorts, man." And uh, Coach just said, "Hey, you know, you can get some bigger shorts if y'all win some damn games." So. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> hey, all I know yeah. is when y'all came with them shorts, bro, it felt it like It changed the game. It changed the game because it was like, damn, that's how we wear our shorts on the playground. Like they 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 took the swag and the style of how we rocking on the playground and put it into <laughs> college sports. And don't just slap them with the black and white socks. Ray gave us that story on on the sock on the sock story on the sock game.
0: Yeah, Ray, Ray Jackson, that that was a dude that got the black and white socks going, man. If we only knew that now, like with the NIL, yes. If, so if Ray come out with the black socks, the yep. first one to wear them, and then pass it on to the four of us, yeah. Like Ray, Ray right now would be like a million. Yeah. Yep. I mean, like I'm not gonna count his money, but he probably would be a billionaire because black socks. I'm wearing black socks right now. I never <laughs> wear one. <laughs>
1: right, 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 right. right. The, the, <laughs> damn it. Wear black on, socks right now? On, well, That's all I wear is black socks. Oh uh, wow! First of all, man, Nike owe y'all the grip anyway. They owe the y'all some back pay on that, man. Because Ray was telling us after y'all did that, y'all go play Duke and y'all get to the locker room. He said, "Ain't nothing but black gym shoes and black socks black in there waiting on y'all."
0: Come on, man. Yo, Nike really like they took that thing and, and like ran with it. They they saw it. They saw the vision of how impactful we were in the community and, yeah. and how that that black sock, black shoe with the Barclays, and how it's going to take off like no other. Because keep in mind, that was Charles Barkley's shoe. Right. I think we promoted his shoe better than he promoted himself. <laughs>
2: <And> right. He <laughs> sure did. He did. He did. Can you imagine them going to Barkley and saying, Barkley, this is your new shoe. And for your marketing purposes, we're going to let the Fab Five market them for you for free. Right. And right. Like, right. <laughs>
1: like, okay, yeah, do that, do that. <laughs> Nuke, it's, it's so much to talk to you about, man. And I know we got to let you go. So we got a couple more questions, man. I'm hoping we can get you back on the show again. But my last question for you, and then AJ got a question for you. I just want to go here, man, because um, our parents are special. Our grandmothers are special. I wanted to reserve some time, man, for you to share with, you know, the Hoop Dreams podcast fans about your grandmother, Miss Miss Jenny Mae, how she raised you. I mean, just that love and that compassion. And and a lot of folks don't even know the story that she passed on the day of your signing. So can you just speak to the realness of that?
0: Bro, man, th- that is it's touching. I get a little emotional, man, just to now think about that, you know, how my grandmother... You know when you talk about the God and how you know God put things in your life for a reason, you always have a plan, and times when you don't want to trust the plan, uh, you gotta have trust because you know there there's some positive that's going to come out of it for sure and uh looking back to that day when you know, I was ready to commit to the University of Michigan and let the world know uh, where I was going to attend college. My grandmother never once told me or tried to influence my decision. She wanted me, a 17-year-old man, you know, not man, young man, to make a decision for his own collegiate future. And nowadays I look at it like, wow, 17, that's a, that's a tough decision for any 17-year-old to have to make when you have so many you know, great options to choose from. And, um, but, you know, I, I don't know. I just prayed on it and, came down the stairs and that morning and told grandma I'm going to Michigan and that's the school that I'm going to choose. And that's where I'm going to let the media know. And she was like, that's the school I wanted you to choose was Michigan. I didn't want you to feel like I was making a decision for you. You don't want to, uh, I didn't want you to regret it. If you didn't like the school, you'll come back and be, you know, mad or upset with me. So I was like, no, grandma, I just feel it with this, with this staff. And I just, you know, I really love what they have to offer from, and my grandmother was so in awe with the education part of it. You know, she just wanted to see me go to college and be able to get the degree and be the first of our family to get a degree. So um, I go to school, make the decision, have practice, come home at the practice, and I pull up, and I, I see, like, you know, a lot of little cars outside, people coming in out of my house. And, I'm like, wow, Grandma I never liked traffic coming in and out, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, what's all these people coming in and out of the house? What's going on? And then, uh, lady, walked, I walked up to the crib and, and, uh, and before I get to the house, I saw this lady coming out. I'm like, yo, what's, what's up? What's, you know, it's not my place to tell you. I said, what you mean? Then at that point, I'm like, no, you about to tell me? She told me like, yo, your grandma passed. I said, oh no, and I just, I just went numb, bro. I, ain't, I didn't know, feel. I, you know, you just everything just dead silence. That was right there. When I look back on it, I'm like, yo, my grandma knew, like, she knew, like, what was the best for me, what was going to be the best for my future, what, what helped me with my development as a young man. And she knew the right people that would help with that, uh, Coach Fisher and Dutcher and uh, Jay Smith and uh, Perry Watson and as well as uh, Mike Boyd, she trusted them. And then for God to take her that day, um, she felt, he felt that, you know, that time is now. And, uh, and you know, he's like, you know, she basically was telling, God was telling her that Nuki going to be okay. You know, don't, don't worry, he's going to be fine. So uh, it was just, you know, I look back on it I'm like, wow, how, how, how was I able to get through that process? And obviously the strength came from her and from God. Like you saying, you go numb, you seventeen,
2: and she still knows you're gonna be able to handle this, son. Yeah. You made yeah. the right decision. You're gonna be able to handle this. And that's just amazing. That that's just so amazing and inspiring that our listeners need to hear that story, really understand where that where that love that you now gives out to other
0: kids and other families. You know, I didn't look at it that way. Um, but you're right though, Arthur, like we're here to serve, man. Um, and I look at I look at what have others have impacted in my life, and what they have gave their time, their energy, their um, all the knowledge, and all the, the 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 they put their heart into it as far as helping me with my development, knowing that I'm a young man that was trying to find himself, and um, helping me grow, uh, navigate through college, and uh, be there supporting me through. You know, yeah, it's easy to support someone when they, you know, NBA, you know, with, you know, with a big paycheck or whatever. But, like, I saw the, the realness of, you know, s- s- some individuals who have impacted my life in so many ways, and I really stuck with those people and helped me, and we helped each other grow. And so I look back on a guy like, you know, Donnie Kirksey and uh, Lamont Juice Carter and my godfather Greg Wise and, you know mm-hmm. my, my my two cousins, you know Dion and uh, Jermaine. Like those folks, man, they are they're not no longer here, and I'm not just shouting them out because they passed away. But those are the folks that I really like. thank so much, man. Obviously, my grandmother is the obvious one, you know, but I'm just saying, as far as the men, like you know, they have always been supportive and helping me. And so now I'm put in a position now to share, you know, some of the, the things that I did wrong <laughs> to these young men. So they won't make the same mistakes, share some of the stories that, you know, has helped me uh, and, and helped my path and uh, help and see what I can do to help impact them in a lot of ways. And, and it's bigger than basketball. It's not just about the wins and the losses. It's not just about the ball bouncing. It's about life stories, life skills that can help them. So when their time come, you know, we, we want to keep being givers, man, instead of being receivers, you know. No, we got to let you go. I got I got one praise to
2: give you on the Jawan Howard Foundation when you did the when you used to come here and do the free basketball camp, man. I want to tell you the city ain't never been the same since it's left since it left us, bro. Uh, People still talk about it today. People who you hired to work the camp and kids that had came through that camp. I just want to commend you for doing that camp for, for the many years that you did it, man, because you changed lives with that camp. You, you were so giving of
1: yourself, of your time, and you were there every day,
2: every and morning. what was every the
1: real name of the camp? Get a full name of the camp, because it was more than just basketball. The Juwan Howard Basketball School. That's because, right.
0: Yeah. That's it, right.
1: It was, I didn't want to just focus on
0: you know basketball, and you know, we all know here, that you know, when you talk about you know what has impacted our life so much is life skills. So uh, we had a life skill department. That mm-hmm. was, you know, young men teaching teach them how to you know eat healthy. Uh, talking about you know, someone wanted to you know go into you know communications. So we had uh, a nice little uh, a radio TV communication classes going on. Uh, but then last but not least. They had to go to class too, and so we all, we had laptops, computers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they had to. We give them homework and make sure that those who uh, finished their homework, they were allowed to play. Those who did not bring in their homework the next day uh, were not being able to participate in the camp. Uh, just giving them responsibilities about, like you know, you know, life. About you know, it's just here. What we're trying to do is do where we can to help our youth and. In, in, in the Chicago area who never had an opportunity to been downtown. So the camp was held at Bible. And we used to bus kids from uh, various neighborhoods to the Moody Bible Institute. And so- um, And I'm, it was free. I'm, and it was free, true. I forgot about it. It
2: was free. Yeah, that's the main thing, <laughs> free. Like I said, you have the most innovative camp that had ever been done in Chicago, bro. Can't nobody else come in this city and say, oh, I'm doing a camp, the Jabari Parkers and all of them, the D-Roses. Your camp is will and always be the first camp that come to my mind that took care of the
0: whole kid. Man, well, thank you guys for being a part of it, man. And coming and helping and speaking to the kids and showing your face and giving them a hug and telling your life. I was
1: going to be that Moody Bible in Cabrini's backyard. Right. right? So I used to meet you up there every summer. <laughs> he was like, Will, you coming? I'm there. I'm there.
0: Thank you, man. <laughs> Thank you, fellas. I love y'all, man.
2: <laughs> Last question, Coach. What's the next chapter in Nuki Howard's
0: hoop dream? Uh, next chapter is winning the national championship. They call it work, but coming here and knowing that you have uh, young men that just, you know, asking for more and more, asking for, you know, to be the to them and, and
1: they they open to learning. So... Shoot, I wanna come and be a walk-on on that team.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: I'm the gold of my era. I've been a trending topic, I'm as fly as a feather. My pockets macroscopic, see with time I get better. I'm always in the action, kid. No, I got it locked from Chicago where the toughest lid. Concrete jungle earn my stripes on the pavement there. You make it here then, you can make it anywhere. No comparison, your game is embarrassing. No one can touch me. I'm all down but going there again. Yeah, I think I'm balling like I'm Will Gates. I'm hoop dreaming, trying to fight against a sealed fate. More faith, think I'm balling like I'm Martha A.G. I'm box office in one day. They gon' have to pay me. Yeah, I think I'm balling like I'm Will Gates. I'm hoop dreaming, trying to fight against a sealed fate. More faith, think I'm balling like I'm Martha A.G. I'm box office in one down day. Down they gon' have to pay me.
0: Hoop Dreams, the podcast, and Unlearning Network production. Written and produced by Arthur Agee, Will Gates, Matt Hoffer, with audio engineering from Matt Savage. For more episodes, check us out at www.unlearningnetwork.com.
3: Gotta be a dog to survive in this cold weather. Ice in my veins, no need for a warm sweater. I'm coming for it all, best believe I won't let up, yeah. hey I think I'm ballin' like I'm Will Gates. I'm Hoop Dreamin', trying to fight against a seal of fate more faith think i'm ballin' like i'm martha ag i'm box office in one day they gonna have to pay me yeah i think i'm ballin' like i'm will gates i'm hoop dreamin', trying to fight against a seal fate more faith think i'm ballin' like i'm martha ag i'm box office in one day they gonna have to pay me